Hi everyone, welcome back to Apogee the Moon or Moon Apogee Astrology on my channel on YouTube. With me today, I have a very special guest. And the reason I have a very special guest is because I was thinking about this new moon in Sagittarius, which is all about truth, all about truth seeking, knowledge seekers, and all of that. And I thought, who better to have on my channel than the very one and only Chriselda Pacheco, who is the, who is also a Sagittarius rising person, by the way. So that's another reason, but she is a truth seeker in and of itself. So why don't we, I'll leave it to you to say who you are and kind of what you do and where you come from and all of that. Well, uh, so I'm very excited to be here. First of all, I mean, I mean, Shanna, you and I talk every day. <laughs> you're my you're my comadre. You're my my homie in the morning with my with my uh, morning coffee, and we talk about this stuff all the time, all the time. So this is very natural for us to just go ahead and do a video together about it, and, and the timing is perfect, right? With the Sagittarius new moon. Um, so who I am? I mean, well, let's see. Um, I, I guess in terms of the esoteric, like an esoteric framework, I'm a, a, a consecrated Gnostic priestess, specifically a consecrated Neo-Luciferian Gnostic priestess. I was consecrated <clears throat> in uh, the end of July, beginning of August of 2014. And uh, this has been quite the ride. Um, yeah, quite the, quite the experience uh, before that, but after that, it's a whole nother thing that, that uh, it's like a whole nother journey I've been on uh, into the deep unknown of myself and, and of the world, right? So, I mean, in that context, that's who I am in terms of the talking about cult matters and things like that. Uh, but I'm a truth seeker. Like, I think a lot of people who might be, you know, watching your videos, um, who are into astrology uh, and all things esoteric and occult, so, um, you know, that's, that's who I am. I mean, there's other labels, right? I can talk about, there's so many of them. Like I'm a bitch to some people, but I'm a non-bitch to others. <laughs> it depends on from where you're at, right? It depends on who you ask. But um, on how they show up first. Right. It depends on how they show up first, right? And I just respond. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Um, right. So, you so yeah you're a not yeah I, I have a hard time I have a hard time with that mouthful every time I try to say it you know this I stumble a Gnostic a Gnostic a Gnostic, uh, uh, Gnostic Luciferian priestess right so yeah mm -hmm. and in that if we want to talk about um Lucifer in general that's the the light bearer right <clears throat> light seeker or bringer uh -huh. Well, Lucifer is very misunderstood, you know, like we talked about in my course um, as well. And then with uh, uh, just people in general in, in my immediate circle, like my, my bishop, you know, who is a bishop in the new Luciferian church. Um, you know, it's it, that Lucifer is, is has been mistranslated like a lot of things. It's a mistranslation. But, you know, it literally means light bringer bringer of, of light right so i mean lucifer just to hear that word you know a lot of people who are, are not christian who say they're not christian even they kind of like they do that right our body is trained to sort of make a contraction when we hear the word lucifer even more than satan i think i feel like that's even 
I don't know if it has more of a somatic experience when you hear Lucifer. <clears throat> but I mean, that's literally what it means is, is a light bringer. So imagine the, the torch, you know, in the cave, um, just kind of taking a better look around and, and sort of hidden, dark, dingy places, not just literally, right, but also within ourselves, these caves and these dark, dingy places that are filled with mold and dripping old and ancient stories. <laughs> I love the way you describe things. <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna go and it's like, oh, this smells like mold down here by my ass <laughs> in the bowels of myself. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's it's a, basically it's nothing it can be scary because we're going into a very powerful unknown space, right? In the world and in ourselves. But that's the only real scary part of it. It's not it has nothing to do with evil or good. Right. It's about shining the light in, in something that is unknown for now. Right? And seeking truth. And seeking truth. Right? And that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this back around too and have this conversation with you because ultimately to me, going through the course, and we can talk about your course in a, in a, in a minute, but going through the course and going through kind of this layered process, right, of peeling back falsities and peeling back untruths to get to the core truth mm-hmm. uh-huh. of the individual of the person right? right and so what through my journey through going through this course not only did I find myself I guess right but I also feel like I'm now given permission to be myself and so there's a personal truth and then there's a bigger overarching truth right right so see, this is the thing was when you said you're given permission, you've been given the keys, right? Uh, to unlock these, uh, it's like Indiana Jones. It's kind of why I'm dressed like this. It's kind of like, we are now going to be detectives. We're going right. to investigate. Right. Uh, but we are, we are detectives, right? And we are investigating these things. Um, and so what was the question? truth seeking and peeling back the layers of the yes keys this is why this this is why this guy both has keys yes both if if people are aware of uh, hermeticism which is what i teach is practical hermeticism um you know what that really is is just helping you you know reclaim the keys yeah it's a reclamation right so in a lot of ways we're not learning anything new we just, we're kind of suffering from an amnesia, you know, for, from a forgetfulness <clears throat> because of the things that we have been taught for so long by, by deeply hidden powers, right? Whose only goal is to um, mine the mind, mine the collective mind uh, of people. So the, the less they know, the, the less that we know about ourselves, the more we do not go into the caverns, the, the more that that power can feed off of and continue to survive and be overlords, right? The more we do not investigate. Right. Uh, we get so, that, that power. Yeah. Not not everyone is meant to investigate. At least that's that's what I've noticed because um, I do notice that sometimes when I talk about some of the things that I've learned, people are like, oh my goodness, right? Like yeah, they're, right. They're afraid of it <clears throat> or they don't understand it. They think so, yeah. Yeah. I have stories, but- we're not here to talk about right. students. We're here to talk about the truth. So right. my question to you would be, uh-huh. what is the truth? Well, the truth yeah. is a lot of things. It is on a spectrum between personal 
and universal, yeah. right? <clears throat> All of those things are true. And so it's it's kind of like, a, you know, the absolute truth. I, I know that there is an absolute truth um, and it's a universal truth. I mean, it's sort of like if you get, you know, the, the rabbi and the Muslim cleric, I think that that is, uh, um, if I'm mistaken about that, somebody let me know. And the Catholic priest, right? And these are all different uh, high-ranking people within each of these um, of spiritual, this, these, this religion. So if you get all three of them together, standing next to each other, and they all have an egg, and then they threw the egg up at the same time, is the egg going to remain floating for one of them? <laughs> you no. know? Yeah. So the egg and all three eggs are going to actually fall. And so because I know that that's true, I know that, that you know, <clears throat> each can represent a certain aspect of, a tr of the universal truth somehow, but each of these people is not presenting the absolute truth. You know, and they're coming from a position, their own position <clears throat> of truth, whatever that is to them. But that truth does not necessarily have to be yours or mine. Whatever the universal truth is, is, is in whatever made that all three of those eggs fall. You know what I mean? So that's like some kind of natural law. Yeah. So then you want to investigate natural law because to, natural law applies to everyone and everything, despite how we identify, right? Despite race, um, despite ethnicity, despite you know, our religion, despite all these things <clears throat> that culture labels us to be, there's something that is real no matter what, right? So that's the universal truth. And so the way towards that is to investigate nature, right? Natural law, because that is what it says it is and always has been. And culture comes and goes, you know? So my truth may not be something that somebody else likes, but it doesn't mean that it's not a truth. Right. And that's Just like, the individual truth. Right. right? What's right. true for you is not true for me necessarily. Right until we get to that universal truth of what it is that you teach in the practical hermeticism course that you, that you put on. Um, so what does it mean then to seek truth? What is that? Well, you know, to seek truth is, and sometimes, it, you know, we talked about how not everybody's meant to do that. As you, you mentioned that a minute ago, yeah. and it's true. There's a lot of people who do not want to know how the sausage is made. You know, they don't want to know. They just want to eat that shit. Yeah. I just want to eat it. Yeah. I just want to eat it. I don't want to know how it's made. Yeah. I don't know how it's made. You're ruining my good time. And I and I understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's fine, you know, it's fine. Um to seek truth, I, I feel like first of all, how we are catalyzed to seek truth is is something to maybe look at too. A lot of people, a lot of us, you know, are catalyzed to look deeper because of something catastrophic that we've experienced you know loss loss of something it, it could be loss of somebody you love maybe death is a great initiator you know um that's a powerful loss uh loss of health you know um maybe a near death you know our own near-death experiences or something <clears throat> It's something really powerful, some dark night of the soul has visited upon us. And because of that, excuse me, hold on one second. 
sorry, because of that, we were forced to like wave this white flag and be like, okay, all right, all right, all right. You know, what, what is it that I'm missing? What is it that I have, have missed? Why do I keep repeating these patterns of baby self-destruction or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, it could be just a number of things, but to, to ask the question of like, why do people seek truth? I think answers in some ways, you know, what is truth seeking? I think truth seeking is, is a desire to find the ground beneath our feet. So we won't feel stuck in this existential crisis forever, right? That the dark night of the soul brings us. Right. Uh, that we won't feel stuck in this existential dread and then fall into nihilism, like to find purpose in the suffering, <laughs> you know, why seek truth? Well, to find purpose in suffering, mm. is it all in vain or, or, or for nothing? Right. I think these are, now we, we wind up in these philosophical spaces, you know, where we're asking these questions. So um, what is truth seeking? I think is, is truth seeking is, is uh, seeking catharsis. You know, what is it? It's seeking comfort, um, yeah. seeking purpose. That's what it is, I think. Uh, why? Well, we have probably experienced some kind of dark night of the soul that has forever changed our lives and will never be the same again. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And that that's actually so that's been a prevalent theme in my life is loss. And we were we were discussing this the other day on the phone. Um, and that's how I was initiated to try and find the truth or seek truth or seek something that's real, something that's tangible, something that I can, I can latch onto to say, yes, uh -huh. I understand this is why. Right? right. And a lot of that came through astrology, but then the rest of it came through what it is that you teach the, for the practical hermeticism. So it's very yeah. interesting, the correlations that are drawn between uh -huh. those, especially in the marriage of them. Um, hermeticism and right. astrology are very closely linked and seeking truth is a very Jupiterian thing, but it's also a very Sagittarian thing. Um, yeah. Seeking that higher 10,000 foot view of the whole picture versus uh -huh. like all the little details. That's more of a mercurial thing. Right. right. So, oh, right. It is. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. right now, you know, we are entering as of the time that I'm releasing, going to release this video, not yet, but as the time that I'm releasing this video, we've already had the new moon in Sagittarius, the sun, Venus and Mercury are all in Sagittarius. And so I, I like that. And I mm -hmm. like that. It seems to be that more and more people are kind of seeking out truth and seek like, I know I've had more people question me about certain things just in my personal life, not necessarily social media or anything like that. Um, but what about you? Have you seen anything? Have, have people come to you and asked you said, Hey, what is this? Oh yeah. I mean, I I've had that experience for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is finally why I just, I have come out and started to do this work and I hesitated for, for a while to, for a long time to do it. Um, but I, you know, COVID hit all the chaos and then standing out in lines outside of the grocery store for like three hours or something like that to go in and get some food. And when all this was happening, I was like, okay, it's time for me to <clears throat> build a website. Now it's time, you know, this is, um, this is it. But I mean, this kind of asking me questions has always been since I was a little girl. It's really weird. Um, adults used to ask me things like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I used to 
just, I thought everyone did that. It was a very natural thing for me to, to do. Uh, but I also like seeking truth and continuing to learn myself. So, you know, even though I'm in a position of being a teacher or a mentor, I am also mentored and taught, you know, um, any, anybody who says that they have grabbed a hold of the absolute truth and are living the absolute truth and they are teaching you how to live this too. And that, um, you know, is, is really a narcissist, a megalomaniac, <laughs> you know, to another question too, how do you know a true truth seeker from someone that is just, I, I mean, I don't even know the right term to use because it's someone who is pretty much false in, in right. that they're, they're not necessarily seeking truth. They're just looking mm -hmm. to be adored or to be loved that narcissistic kind of quality. Right. So how do you discern, I guess, uh -huh. who, who is a, who is a truth seeker and who you want to learn from versus who you want to kind of steer away from? Well, <clears throat> One thing that's very obvious, I think is very, very obvious is if an occultist, whether they are, well, not everybody's, not every astrologer is an occultist, for instance, not every tarot reader is an occultist, right? <clears throat> but somebody who's in this position, um, if you notice that they're using this knowledge to affirm their political views, that to me is the red, is the first and obvious red flag I move on. Okay. I move on. Um, because, you know, at that point, that person is not rooted in a sort of humility that has to be present if we are a, a real truth seeker. You have to be open right. to not being right about everything all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you have to be open to like, looking at the wisdom that your enemy is spouting is what is, what is the, what is it that they're saying? The enemy, whatever that is, what is it that they are saying or presenting? Um, where's the truth in it? Right. You know, the audacity to think that the person or the people or the group that you detest the most could have anything of value, the audacity to think that, and, and really believe that with your whole heart is arrogant and right. is very obtuse and very small-minded and pseudo-intellectual. There is always something you can learn from your enemy. Yeah. There is always a grain of truth in what they're saying that's just been piled on by their own hubris, right? <clears throat> by their own arrogance, by their own desire to be right. But if you push all that away and throw, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and look at it and say, okay, well, what, what is the root? Here, where's the pure message here? What is the message? And where is the pain? Where is the suffering? What are they suffering from? You know, and then become curious about your enemy instead of just instantly judgmental. Or dismissive too, right? Was that? Or dismissive too. Yeah, just completely dismissive as if they have nothing of value. Right. Which I, I see happening in both political parties, right? Yeah. it's happening so if to go back to your question about how do you discern you know these things when you're looking for if someone's looking for a guide or a mentor a teacher whatever um in in this specific way you know how politically homeless are they <laughs> how open are they to being right or wrong yeah. specifically wrong when it comes to um you know 
when I say wrong, again, everybody's truth is their truth. It's like, it's not wrong. It's not false. Cause if that's their truth and that's, that's their truth. This is their experience. Right. But, um, how open are they to, to looking at a different point of view and finding like, Oh, I can see how you came to that conclusion. Because when I look at your environment, not just your family environment or your cultural environment, but your geographic environment, the weather that you're living in, everything has information in it. In the as above, so below. Right. Everything creates who we are, you know, um, and, and I creates our mythology. So I get curious and I find that when I get curious and not judgmental immediately, all kinds of worlds open up and it becomes very kind of fun and adventurous and interesting, you know, yeah. and also they don't have power over you, you know? So when you're looking for somebody like that, how much are they constantly using their astrological knowledge or their knowledge about esoteric matters or the occult to constantly berate the other political team and constantly affirm their own? I would say that's a huge red flag unless, you know, you are a person who is like that too and you're not willing to open yourself up and you need to be affirmed by this person who is affirming you because of your own political views. Yeah, then it's a then it's a butting of heads kind of thing going on. Yeah. That's one real obvious way to to kind of, you know, feel it out in right. my opinion. Right. Well, that I I think that's a pretty valid um I think that's a pretty valid statement because I've I've myself tried to tried to do that where I have my own long-standing held beliefs, right, about certain things and certain uh, viewpoints. And I, I ha I've had a hard time. I've done it, but I've had a hard time putting myself in those places and spaces because it doesn't feel natural, right? And so when it doesn't feel natural, you tend to want to clam up, right? Like that whole, whenever right. you hear the word Lucifer, you want to clam up, right? Right. right. And it's, I think it's the same thing when you're trying to put yourself into someone else's mindset or viewpoint about the world in general or the world around them. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, it takes a flexing of a certain muscle in order to get comfortable with it. Is, is that your experience as well? Yeah. I mean, it takes not being a narcissist asshole. You know, <laughs> Play it a self-absorbed, you know, self-centered, narcissistic, you know, <laughs> with, you know, ideas of like, oh, I'm going to be worshipped or it's all coming from me or I'm just like, how boring are you? Like, I can't even stand it. You can't sit around and talk to somebody who can't, you know, see past their own nose. They, you know, it's so they're, they're, they're boring and they're fun to fuck with, to be honest with you. So <laughs> well, I like doing it, but at the end of the day, <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, you know, no, I mean, it's you, you, you have to flex that muscle and that muscle means you're in charge of your ego. Your ego is not in charge of you. You can't destroy your ego. That whole new way to talk about destroying your ego is stupid. Also, that's just the pendulum swinging to the other side and right. becoming masochistic instead of sadistic, you know? Um, right. It's like, no, I am really good because I like to be whipped and I don't want my ego to exist. No, that's not the answer. Um, you know, just, you're just in charge of your ego and you say, look, I see, I see that you want it. You're very hungry. 
<laughs> and I'm going to feed you a little bit, but I'm going to feed you the food that you need to get. You know what I mean? I got to run on chomping on everything and just you're becoming a elephant, you know, in a China shop. But right. um, so, I mean, identifying your ego needs and understanding how to move it around so that you are in charge of it. Um, so that you can get out of your own way. If you're a truth seeker, you have to learn to get out of your own way. That is very Sagittarian of you to say. <laughs> really? Is it? <laughs> Why? Because that's so in general, that's the the goal of Sagittarius, right? So if we're if we're looking at the high end of Sagittarius, we're looking at the the person that wants, well, freedom for one. That's that's definitely mm-hmm. freedom to explore freedom to go about their life, do, do go about their business, to find truths, to, to, to experience new things, to experience new people, right? There's, there's kind of like a wanderlust with Sagittarius in that sense. Yes. And so having, you know, experiences with people that are very different from them or foreign from them and experiencing that right that's Sagittarius is a very experiential sign yes it's almost like a craving Uh and so to experience that you have to set the ego down you do I mean you you really do um it's it's really interesting that you're bringing that up because the whole root of Gnosticism not agnostic I think a lot of people still might hear those two and not maybe confused the whole root of, of gnosis, which is spelled G-N-O-S-I-S, gnosis, mm-hmm. um, is well, before before you get into that, why don't we why don't we define what agnostic and gnostic is, just so we know? I think agnostic is like where you just don't adhere to anything, and not it's not necessarily that you don't believe that there is a a grand creator somehow. Um, uh, that's atheist, you know, that's an atheist form of mindset. Agnostic just kind of means that you just don't really um, care, maybe, you know, or, or but you're not saying that there is no creator. You're just like, uh, you know, kind of whatever. So there's um, something, there's something, there's something but mm-hmm, there's, there's probably something, you know, sort of a thing. Uh, Gnosticism uh, is, or a Gnosis or a Gnostic agnostic not agnostic agnostic person (laughs) Um, or gnostic people so you know it's not knows okay so it means knowledge gnosis means knowledge okay it's it's greek for knowledge and that the only real true kind of pure way the purest way to toward knowledge and wisdom is to actually earn it to experience it like somatically, like you were there, <laughs> you right. know, <clears throat> you were there and you're paying attention in a way that's like, you know, the, all these patterns of this, whatever phenomenon continues to happen in my life. Um, and so the longer you live, the richer this knowledge gets. I mean, there is something to age, right? right. Versus when you're 24 years old, you, you don't have as many experiences yet as you do when you're 50. And it's not about superior or inferior. It's just a fact. Right. Right. That's not saying that all 50 year olds are wise as I know a bunch of idiots who are 50 total, total morons for real. Yes. <laughs> I, will, but, I will concur with that. Oh my God. They're everywhere you go. I mean, it's terrible. However, 
they still have more experiences only because they've lived longer, right? Um, now, they threw away the opportunity to alchemize all of these patterns that they can become conscious of. Have they thrown it away and they're just idiots? Probably. But the point is, you know, they still have these experiences. So Gnosis says, you know, knowledge, this true knowledge in its pure form is earned through your own direct experience, specifically if you learn how to observe it while you're actually participating in it. So whereas academia is the study of a phenomenon, mm -hmm. Gnosticism and Gnosis is actually living the phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, you and I have the same opinion of academia. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the new church in a lot of ways. I think that, you know, um, I have respect for it. I have a lot of respect for research. I have a lot of respect for for um, digging in the dirt like that. You know what I mean? It's, that's, I do that, you do that, and it's really powerful. <clears throat> the problem is the same problem that the priests have with these PhDs, you know, it, they, they, a lot of times what I have noticed about academia and, you know, is that sometimes it's a superiority complex, um, which is the one who has not lived it, but who has studied it somehow is more of an expert than the one who's actually lived it. Right. But it does not have a PhD. And I think it should be <clears throat> the other way around. You know, we don't honor experience like that here. Uh, we, we honor the ivory tower of the disembodied mind you know, not the embodied wisdom. Right. Which is what Gnosis is, embodied right. wisdom. It takes time to gain wisdom. And just because someone has a PhD doesn't mean that they have any wisdom, you know, yeah. um, in, in that way. So that's what Gnosis is. That's what Gnosticism is, is a path toward wisdom through your direct experience and learning how to actually observe your direct experience. So you're both like the one doing research, but you're also living it at the same time. It's like you have, you're the observer and the participant. Right. And that's actually, that's really interesting that you say it that way, because then it, it, it brings to mind kind of Sagittarian, right? Sagittarius. And again, uh, right. Yeah. But then it moves more into Capricorn. Right. And so that to me, like how everything that you just said, that to me is the combination of both of those. Ah, uh. Right, because right. um, you're, you're manifesting it now yes. in this, onto the earth, right? It's yep. very right. interesting, very, very interesting. And that, then it becomes more Saturnian in nature. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's my north node is in Capricorn. Yep. So I'm rising Sagittarius, my north node <clears throat> in Capricorn, leaving behind this codependency of, of cancer. <laughs> Which is, you know, just like, you know, let me be my own boss and materialize this shit. Right. Um, yeah, that's so fascinating. I, I absolutely love that. And and it makes sense for you specifically, especially because you are a Sagittarius rising. And then with your second house and, and North Node and all that, um, it's it's absolutely fascinating. And I love it. Um, what kind of. Well, why don't we talk about um, I just I have so many thoughts swirling in my head. I know it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm having a hard time getting them out because I just have so many thoughts in my head right now. But I'm like Carmen San Diego over here. You are. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> I love it. Anyway, sorry. 
It's okay. Um, yeah, no, just like what direction to go with, with this, because there's so many opportunities now. Let me, let me see. I made some notes real quick. I'm going to look to make sure because, um, I wanted to see, oh, how can you tell? Yeah, no. Um, I think, ah. Ooh, you got something. What do you have? Well, I wanted to definitely talk about correct versus right. Ah, uh, <clears throat> yes. What, so, is, wait. what is correct and what is right? Right. This is a this is a question I think I came up with because of the course, you know, and developing the curriculum and things like that, and and uh, uh, for people to to just sort of divorce our minds from like this false morality that has been inherited through our family line uh, that's connected deeply rooted in the church, you know. So, I mean, it's um, um, that righteous, like right versus correct. I always tell people it's kind of like live, live right. Live, I really mean live correctly because when we live correctly, we're, we're it's like following, um, you know, just a formula. Think about mathematics and think about building a house. Somewhere along the line, there has to be a right angle to hold up the house. Yep. Somewhere, even if the house looks all avant-garde and strange, there has to be there has to be at the at the root somewhere some levels of right angles to hold it up, no matter how weird it you know it may perceive itself to be. Um, <clears throat> and you know, so that's that's the right angle that's correct. Because if it's incorrect, the house is going to fall. And it's not about morality, is it? It's not about shame or. You know this sort of like righteous self righteousness that's rooted in this false morality. It's rooted in correctness. It's just the way it is. That's the way things are. Um, so what's the metaphor? How can we translate this carpentry, this knowledge, you know, of, of carpentry, into living life correctly, not self righteously? <clears throat> so when we start to do that work of shadow work, to use the buzzwords. Um, what we should be doing, in my opinion, and I think there's a lot of shit out there <laughs> when it comes to shadow work. <laughs> it's just like, why are you going to walk into a room full of a lot of women masturbating? And, and so you, know, you want to do that. That's cool. That's fine. But, you know, just say, I'm a freak. I don't want to masturbate in front of all these bitches. <laughs> you know, <And> it's like, <laughs> just own it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why I brought that up. But the point is, like, how can I live? How can I live correctly? Not because I want to go to heaven or because the universe will reward me, which that sounds like religion. So this new age culture is really just like this dogmatic Christian religion that whose philosophy is rooted in a false morality. It's just that same shit that's just changed clothes now over here. So how can we learn? or relearn or unlearn and divorce ourselves from this false morality we've all inherited because it's we've all inherited it even if we say we're not religious people it is in our deep collective unconsciousness and it's actually reinforced everything we look that that, that somehow the universe is good versus evil and it's not that right. it's balance and imbalance right Again, it's just correct versus righteous. And I wanted to, to bring that up because I think that's important to think about in terms of truth seeking. 
And that's actually another good point because those that is both the light and the shadow of Sagittarius mm-hmm. self-righteousness or the righteousness yeah. or what's right versus what is correct. Right. So it's right. It's, correct. Right. Correct. <laughs> so that's, that's another point too. you know, what's, what's coming up as we move into Sagittarius season of uh-huh. what is correct, you know, doesn't necessarily make it right, but it's correct still. Right. Right. <laughs> we use that word quite a bit in our language. I've noticed. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you know, it's like two plus two is four, but so is three plus one. You know, it's like, right. ooh, the plot thickens. But, right. you know, it, correct. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to be fucking with you now from now on. Well, I know you are. Every like, time I say right, you're going to say correct. <laughs> Every time I can see oh, it coming. But you know, it's 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 um it's really it's really wild, isn't it, when we really take a decide to just stop and, and and um investigate in a on a deeper level and peel back just the first layer, just the first layer of whatever it is to find to say how far how far off are we from correctness. As it is, as it is related to universal justice, universal uh, truth. How far away have we drifted from living in that and with that universal truth? That is going to be in direct proportion to how difficult it's going to be for us to return to it, because of the amount of change it's going to demand of us in the as above, so below. Right? Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> so I mean it's it's <laughs> you got me <laughs> but yeah you know these are the things that, that I have philosophized about since I was a kid which annoyed my grandparents um <laughs> a lot <clears throat> but but I also think that this is necessary if you are a truth seeker if we say we are seeking truth these are things to consider you know to wonder about Exactly. They really, truly are. Mm-hmm. So um, how can people find you? How can people follow your work? How can people, you know, come to understand how it is that you see the world through your own experience and how they can start to learn to do the same? So how about how about we go there? Tell Where are you on social media? All of well, I'm on Instagram. I think there's some old lingering accounts that I don't know how to get into anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> My, my, the, the, the one that I've been using now for a while and to promote my work and my courses and everything, it's just Criselda Pacheco, Criselda underscore Pacheco underscore. Um, and it, it says facilitator of liberation. And that's the underneath my picture with the same hat on. In fact, I'm, I'm wearing the same hat in this photograph with the same guy behind me. So, you know, you'll, you'll see that. So Criselda underscore Pacheco. Also, you can go to my website, which is criseldapacheco.com, and you can subscribe to my newsletter, which I don't send out a lot of newsletters. Um, I wanted to be able to, I want to start doing that a little bit more, but, um, you know, you can, I definitely send some stuff out there. You can reach me there. You can write me and so on as well. So that's, that's where I'm at on the interwebs. On the interwebs. And I will post everything as well below in the description. So thank, awesome. you, thank you so much. Do you have any clothing, clo- clothing? Do you have any closing thoughts? <laughs> I have clothing thoughts. 
Um, well, I mean, I'd like to tell people about my course called Church on the B-Sides, mm-hmm. uh, which I've just re- recently finished my first cohort. I've been teaching it for a few years with one-on-ones and you were actually, I think my first student. Um, yes. Yeah, you're my first student. And now it's evolved, you know, into a cohort course. And um, so what I do is I take I take the seven hermetic principles, which is what you and I, what we did, <clears throat> as it's um, outlined in the Kabbalion, because I have found that this system really helps to organize the chaos in a way to help people initiate their minds in, behind the veils if they have all these questions. If you have any questions about it, I, I answer a lot of them on that website. But um, yeah, so I mean, if somebody's interested in understanding how to organize the chaos and revisit the laws of nature, um, yeah, check it out. I'll start uh, accepting applications on March the 1st. So we still have a little while. For the next cohort. For the next cohort, yeah. So I'll be talking about it more and more on my Instagram, sending out emails and things from my website as well. Um, so yeah, that's the best way to learn about it. And uh, I invite you to, to think about it. I mean, it's it's an experience. It's an experience with several people. And uh, I designed it that way so that everybody had each other while they were, you know, being, while this false morality and the veils are, are dropping, you have a community to talk to about your experience. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, I will post all the links below in the description box. Thank you so much for being here and having this conversation, this truth-seeking conversation as we hit the uh, Sagittarius season this year. Thank you so much. And I really want to have you back for more talks as we go through the year, because I think it's so much fun. It is. It is. Isn't it fun? I love it. Oh my God. We can just shit talk everything. That's my favorite. (laughs) My favorite thing to do. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. And everyone, I hope you enjoyed this and follow Criselda Pacheco on all of her spaces and places. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Shanna.